0: allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You are darn right it is. It is the pre-Friday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week. It is The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, and boy, do we have a show lined up for you today. It is going to be a fun one. Welcome into the show. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station, we are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, thank you for doing so. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. Bottom of the hour today, Justin Hart is a data analyst. He's also the author of the new book, Gone Viral. We'll talk about a post-COVID world. Are you set for the post-COVID world? And what's it look like now compared to prior to 2020? I think that's worth a conversation having. And, and... Being a data analyst, he's also given predictions on upcoming elections as well and different races, so we'll get his thoughts on his calculations on what the election may look like going into November. So we have a lot to talk about there. I have a lot of good news today, which is very strange for a political talk show when we're supposed to be angry about everything. We actually have some fun news that we'll get to in a little bit. We do have some cancel culture news. Obviously, some big headlines that broke just a couple hours ago that I would be remiss if we didn't talk about, so we'll get to that in a second as well. But... I have to, first and foremost, I have to thank you. Holy cow. I'm going to be responding a lot throughout the day today. But yes, today is my birthday. No, I don't usually mention it much on the radio, but today is the birthday. Thank you for all the birthday wishes. The last I looked, I had like over 200 messages on Facebook. Thank you for those. I appreciate them. I love you all to death. And I will respond to each and every one of those. So thank you for all the kind messages that I've had throughout the day today. Uh, do I give my age? I don't know if I can give my age. So I just just filled in, got filling in for hour number one of uh, Armed American Radio. Mark Walters is out traveling today, so I got to fill in for that program on that national show, and I had mentioned it didn't get my age, and I talked a little bit about the difficulties of being a younger individual in talk radio because the older generation sometimes says, hey, you know, you're younger, you haven't quite experienced the world, and I really don't want to listen to you because you're not seasoned enough to understand what you're really talking about, so I really don't want to hear your opinions on topical issues. I think that's starting to go away number 1 because I've been in radio for like 12 years now so I think I've established myself relatively decently at least hopefully that I kind of at least know what I'm talking about so even if you don't agree with me you could respect my opinion because you know that hopefully I know enough about the issue to give a given an opinion on it as opposed to just ranting and raving for no apparent reason The other issue is that our generation is getting older and we're about the ones to take over the topical issues so therefore having the ones being the ones to inherit the issues of the day. I think we should have opinions on this to know what the hell we're doing when we take over. So there is that. But thank you for all the birthday wishes, and I do really appreciate that very, very much. There's a lot I want to get to today, and today is a very good day, not just because it's my birthday, but there's some really interesting stuff out there. Do I do it now? Let's go ahead and do this first. Let's do the what's trending first because obviously this is the hot topical uh, current event that's happening right now. And it's not going to take long. What's trending today. What's trending today. So if you have not heard, just a couple hours ago, the House, January 6th House Committee in Washington, D.C., has officially voted 9 to nothing to subpoena former President Donald Trump and showing up into the committee to testify on what happened on January 6th. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you just can't let things be. Now remember, this is the committee that believed and went along with the stupid comments like this.
1: Tony proceeded to tell me that when the president got in the beast, he was under the impression from Mr. Meadows that the -the off-the-record movement to the Capitol was still possible and likely to happen, but that Bobby had more information. So once the president had gotten into the vehicle with Bobby, he thought that they were going up to the Capitol, and when Bobby had relayed to him We're not, we don't have the assets to do it. It's not secure. We're going back to the West Wing. The president had very strong, a very angry response to that. Um, Mm -hmm. Tony described him as being irate. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, Sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Engel. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. And was Mr. Engel in the room as Mr. Ornato told you this story? He was. Did Mr. Engel correct or disagree with any part of the story for Mr. Ornato? Mr. Engel did not correct or disagree with any part of the story. Did Mr. Engel or Mr. Ornato ever after that tell you that what Mr. Ornato had just said was untrue? Neither Mr. Ornato nor Mr. Engel told me ever that it was untrue. Remember,
0: reach for those clavicles, ladies and gentlemen. Reach for those clavicles. So that was the testimony just a few months ago from Cassidy Hutchinson, if you remember, as she said that Donald Trump, sitting in the back of the beast, which is, by the way, a limousine with a bulletproof glass in between himself and the driver, reached up to grab the steering wheel of the beast, reached for the clavicles, which is what everybody should be doing. I mean, why don't you reach for your clavicles? The hell's wrong with you? And go went after a Secret Service agent... To tell them they were going out to the protest at the Capitol on January 6th because he had incited that riot, that violence, or is in terms of Democrats during the Black Lives Matter protest, the mostly peaceful protest, that was the testimony that was taken to be secure and to make sure things were running the way that they should be. That's what we went, that's what we're up against here with these individuals, because that's the lunacy that went out of this January 6th committee. And now they have officially voted nine to nothing to subpoena Donald Trump. Here's why this is kind of giggling to me is because they just don't know when to let things lay. If they would just let the election happen and let Donald Trump kind of die off and stop attacking him, then maybe people would just kind of forget about Donald Trump to a degree. Except for his diehard fans. But the more you come after him, The lower your poll numbers go, the lesser support you have on the issue at all, and the angrier you make the Republican Party. So if that's what your goal is, is to anger the Republican Party, then all the power to you, my friends. Good luck with that and see how well that turns out for the midterm elections. We already saw how it went for the primary elections with Liz Cheney getting booted out vastly. I'm talking dramatically. She got booted out of her seat, so I'm sure she's relishing in the time that she has up there right now until she's officially done and over but this is their last desperate chance to go after trump i'm waiting for the fireworks whatever you think he's actually going to show up do you think he's going to show up and do you think that uh that's going to be a bit of fireworks when he shows up and actually testifies in front of that committee i think that would be awesome bring it on baby let's do it (laughs) So that's the headline for today is that they officially did vote 9 to nothing to subpoena Donald Trump and I find that hilarious. Good luck with that. See how all well that works out for you coming up in the elections. The other bit of good news I have today. I had to laugh at Okay, there's three bits of good news, four bits of good news. Number one, it's the birthday, and thank you for all the birthday wishes. Number two, I laugh at the fact that Donald Trump's going to show up to the January 6th committee to do a testifying because good luck with that one. Number three, I heard the news, and this is kind of a plug for a brand that is not an advertiser on the show, but I'm a big fan. And if you watch any of the video streams that we have, we have one in one of our commercial ads. But Yingling, the beer of Yingling is actually making its way to Kansas starting next year so that's a good birthday surprise for me and i thank you for that as well because hey i'm excited for that to come to my region and neck of the woods in the country so i can enjoy a yingling that's number three number four was this audio here and again i usually don't play these long of audio bits But I have to because this is hilarious. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez,
2: I am told this is a garbage disposal,
0: was officially ripped apart by her own constituents and called the establishment hack where she is now the system that she swore to fight against as an elected official. And her people are turning on her as an establishment rhino on the Democrat side.
1: Congresswoman, none of this matters unless there's a nuclear war, which you voted to send arms and weapons to Ukraine. Tulsi gathers, she's left the Democratic Party because there are a bunch of hawks, okay? You originally voted, you ran as an outsider, yet you've been voting to start this war in Ukraine. You're voting to start a third nuclear war with Russia and China. Why are you playing with the lives of American citizens?
3: a nuclear bomb. You voted to mobilize and send money to Ukrainian Nazis. You're a coward. You're a progressive socialist. Where are you against the war mobilization? He's telling the right truth. You have done nothing. Tulsi Gabbard has shown guts where you've shown cowardice. I believed in you, and you became the very thing you sought to fight against. That's what you've become. You are the establishment and you are the reason why everybody will end up in a nuclear war unless you choose to stand up right now and denounce the Democratic Party. Will you do that? Yes or no? Okay. Simple. Are you going to stop nuclear war? Yes or no? There is no line because none of this matters if we're all dead. None of it. You know that. Then let's take it up right now because this is the only thing that matters. This is the only thing that matters right now. We could be in a nuclear war at any minute and you continue to fund it. That's what's going on. Why not right now? You're the liar here. Nobody has held you accountable. That's what's happening. And it is time for you to stand up and realize that what you've been saying has been lies.
0: Wow. That was a town hall meeting in her district for Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, who is now part of the establishment she is now part of the war machine she has supported the nazis in ukraine which is hilarious first off if they are all nazis in ukraine which is not the case there are some obviously but that's not the entire case and the nazis by the way are waking with russia trying to overthrow the country but that's besides the point if there are nazis in ukraine i thought socialists and nazis got along together can anybody explain that one to me please for just for a second can you answer me the riddle the question riddle me this batman on didn't socialists and nazis get along relatively well because i thought that you know oh yeah that's right hitler, hitler was actually a national socialist when he ran before he became a fascist regime in the nation that started off as a socialist movement so the socialists and nazis got along why are they so upset they're socialists They voted for AOC. They supported her. She was the one that was going to bring socialism to this country. She was going to fight the establishment. She was going to fight the system and fight the status quo to bring socialism to this nation. And now the constituents have officially turned on her. That just warmed my heart. That was the best birthday gift I probably could have had today is listening to AOC get reamed by her own constituents because now she is part of the problem. And could you imagine that she is now... The face of the establishment mainstream Democrat Party. And if that's the case, then we have an easy ride moving forward on the national level. She may win in her little district with a bunch of socialists in the inner city, but if you try and take it to a grand scale, you're going to get a wake up call on how unpopular that ridiculous, stupid agenda actually is. It's a good day today. It's a good day. Let's have some more fun when we come back. It's a pre Friday celebration right here on the Voice Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier
3: Bring some reason into
2: your day This is is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. I'm really curious on if this
0: video from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and all of her constituents that are starting to yell at her, I'm wondering if that's going to get to her because she's usually the one that's lovey-dovey and very lovable and everybody on her side at least loves her and she's expecting it from the other side but when the other side criticizes her then they're sexist or they hate her or they're just a hate monger or they're trying to come on to her or whatever excuse that that she tries to make so she doesn't have to actually justify the criticism that comes at her but When it's her own constituents and the own ones that supported her before as the socialist, do you think it gets under her skin? What do you think's going through her mind now? Like, oh, man, I have officially turned on the people that I was supposed to represent. Or does she just not care? She made her $10 million claim with Netflix and her documentary that's going on there. She is... Now a congresswoman that has somewhat support, and she just don't care. She is now part of that elite system in D.C. to where she can get away with whatever the hell she wants to. The interesting part about that clip, and I'm not going to play it again because it was kind of long, and I I, I apologize for that. But the interesting part about that clip is they're heckling her and just yelling and screaming at her at the top of their lungs in this, this theater, this auditorium that they're in was that they're saying Tulsi Gabbard had the guts to stand up and say what the party was about and leave the Democrat Party. When are you going to leave the Democrat Party and attack the Democrat Party as such? And I find that interesting for the party that is very, this side that's the AOC supporters. Remember, they're the ones that are confused about their genders. They are the ones that don't quite understand which bathroom to go and use. They don't quite understand how society functions to come out and support a Tulsi Gabbard that said this. I
1: can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who were driven by cowardly wokeness.
0: I mean, the cowardly wokeness part is them. Now the anti-war part, okay, I can see that's coming from, but they're supporting someone who's against the whole wokeness thing that they're all about. That's what I find fascinating about this. So what side of the aisle now... This kind of muddies the water on the political aisle that we thought was here's this side over here and here's this side over there. They're actually agreeing with us on something, and I'm a a, a little scared, got to be honest. I'm a little scared. A little scared to side with some of those individuals, but they're right. When is AOC going to stand up and actually fight the system? She did at the beginning, which is why Nancy Pelosi absolutely despised her. That's why they put her on all these committees. They couldn't actually go and talk to anybody. They, when uh, all the gals wore the white and purity and Nancy Pelosi was up there as the State of the Union address under Trump and she was scowling at AOC and the other ones because how dare they defy her power. Uh, yeah, that was the AOC that we grew to know and love and laugh at and appreciate on the Republican side because she was disrupting the party and causing that rift within the party. Now, has she gone mainstream? And I don't mean mainstream in her political ideology because she's still a left-wing radical nut job that's still taking the party farther to the left. I'm talking about is she getting along with the party because she's been bullied from D.C. and from the DNC in order to go along to get along with the party or else there's going to be major repercussions because she's not quite standing out the way that she used to. She's not challenging the party the way that she used to, and she did support the massive support for Ukraine and all the money that went there, when obviously her side now is starting to question on why we're doing that as well. I mean, I'm sure that they like the social programs to be for themselves as opposed to going over to Ukraine, and they say it's for a bunch of Nazis, which I think is still hilarious because guess what? If it is true, which it isn't necessarily true, but if it was true, then the Nazis and socialists would get along, and you, you guys would get along just fine and just great. So what's the problem here? I know you don't like to admit it, but it's the actual truth. Has AOC crumbled, and is she at the end of her empire? And if that is true, what's next for the Democrat Party? Because she's the one that's steering the wheel right now for the DNC. At least she was. And now she's gone silent. And she votes with everybody else and goes along to get along to a degree when it comes to the floor of the House of Representatives now in the media she's still talking about all her socialist garbage and thinks that we should still forgive all student loans and all the other stuff but is she playing nicer because she's been blackmailed and bullied and threatened and intimidated from the Democrats in Washington that's kind of interesting have to ponder that one for a while when we come back after the break Justin Hart gone viral what's the post COVID world look like moving forward we'll do that when we come back here on the voice of reason the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier when reason meets radio you're listening to the voice of reason with andy hoosier darn right you are welcome back into the program for your pre-friday celebration making it happen trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time and i feel a older every single day <laughs> see what i did there see what i did there Great to have you along for the ride. You can find us all over our social media at Hoosier Reason. That's H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. Our social media at Hoosier Reason as well on all of your social media. I mean, we're on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Twitch and TikTok and Instagram and Getter and Our Freedom Book and Truth Social. I think that's all of them. I don't know. I can't keep up and I don't post on half of them, but at least we have it there so you can like it and follow it. We try to stay semi-active on as many of them as we possibly can. The AOC conversation we'll get back to in just a little bit because she's my favorite person to pick on. I
2: am told this is a garbage disposal.
0: (laughs) Uh, We'll get to that. Plus, Democrats seem to be in the call for help after Joe Biden. Did you hear this, by the way? Joe Biden made a comment about firearms because he's the grand expert on firearms. And this is what he just said just a couple days ago. Do you
3: realize the bullet out of an AR-15 travels five times as rapidly as a bullet shot
0: out of any other gun? (laughs) Dude, I'm telling you, dude. Sorry, sorry, but you are. You are fake news. Let's get into what's trending today what's trending today i'm excited to have this guest on the program as let's talk about post covid what's the world look like with his latest book also as a data analyst on how we move forward with all the shenanigans and the election coming up here as well his new book coming out next week gone viral how covid drove the world insane i'm excited to have on the program with us here mr justin hart justin how are you my friend
2: Oh, Andy, happy birthday to you. Doing well.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that very much. I am excited to chat with you. This is a topic that's been obviously in the news for a couple of years. It's fun to talk about now that we're coming out of it. And the facts and information that are starting to trickle out little by little about COVID and how we've handled it. And maybe we shouldn't have handled it the way that we did. But there are some that just seem to be digging their heels into the ground and saying, no, no, no. What we did was the best way possible and we need to continue to do it, right?
2: Yeah, look a disease tore through the country and the world, and experts stepped in to suggest interventions, masks and in quarantines, shutdowns were imposed, and the impact was acute. One editorial summarized it. The people are perfectly willing to do whatever needs to be done, but they greatly dislike to inconvenience themselves only to learn later that they did not what that what they did was not necessary. Mm-hmm. I should say that's an editorial from nineteen seventeen. That was the the course that they went through. It seems like the only thing we're recycling here is history. And that's what we need to learn. We need to look back on this and try to understand these interventions that really impacted our society. It's why we have the economic downturn that we have now. Uh, It's why our kids are seeing 30-year low points in their scores online, in their math assessments and beyond, why grade schoolers have huge IEPs for speech pathology. Because They couldn't see their teachers trying to teach them how to pronounce the letter H through a mask. All these impacts need to have accountability. So this book, uh, Gone Viral, How COVID Drove the World Insane, is a history of kind of what transpired. And and then we go through and we try to talk about uh, here are all the myths that have piled up, piled up from our uh, health overlords, and here's how you address them. We hope that this will sort of remind your listeners, who obviously were on the right side of history in many ways, and then also to help convince your neighbors, your friends, you're that one guy you know who is still driving in his car fully
0: masked. Wearing his mask completely. Yeah, you bring up a lot of really interesting points, and I can't wait to break some of these down. But the first thing you said was scary about how— they still think that we will just blindly follow it. The only reason we started to get upset and stand up for this one was because we didn't like to be uh, and have our daily routine just interrupted and just to allow us to go on to do our own thing. But other than that, we'll just go along with whatever they tell us. Do you think that's true? And is there a movement starting to rise and say, wait a second, maybe we should challenge some of this?
2: Well, I I think that's absolutely what needs to happen. Look, I can't blame anyone. Everyone wanted to – do their part to help in something that we had never experienced in a hundred years. But when it comes down to it, I think it's going to be tough for a lot of people to stomach and say, yeah, all those sacrifices I made, those months I stayed at home trying to help the kids with tech support over Zoom calls, uh, all those masks I wore to ridiculous meetings and to the supermarket, uh, all those interventions where my kid was quarantined for 10 days, that they did nothing. Because when you look across the United States and we have this great panoply of different states that were taking different attitudes. If you take Florida, completely open by the summer of 2020, and you take where I am in California, where my kid's swing set on her local park was padlocked for a year, right? The actual age adjusted death rate, the mortality rate of COVID, exactly the same. We know looking at schools, mask mandates had no interventions that we can speak of. And in truth, our kids, you know, they really had such a low risk to begin with as adults, you and me, and, you know, we'll deal with it. The politics, when they shut down the first business, that stuff we're going to have to take to the polls here, our kids don't have that luxury. And, in fact, they never get those years back. And the impact is going to be dramatic and dreadful. We need, if there is a change in the guard, to have it on good authority. We want to have hearings. We hope this book becomes a guide as to the questions to ask to the people at hand. COVID needs to put on trial maybe a certain Dr. Fauci or two, can come up and give the answers uh, as we prod them towards these, these issues. Who decided this without any looking at the flip side of the coin?
0: Yeah, that is very true. Amen to that. I'm glad you mentioned Dr. Fauci because he's doubled down and said, you know, maybe we should have been a little more transparent with the information. But I still stand by the decisions that we've made with the mask mandating, with the isolation, with the saying your small business is not essential. So go to the big box store where there's more people, you know, a Walmart and, a you know, a massive place where there's thousands of people, because that's the safer place to be during a virus where they say that around other people is where you're going to get it. And we're all going to die if we get this thing. And in the whole vaccine conversation, which is another one I want to get into in a second as well, but they haven't retracted and said, you know what, maybe we could have handled this different. Maybe we should learn to for next time. Maybe we should do it a little bit different. They're not. They're still defending these policies.
2: Yeah, that's the real unfortunate part is they're trying to gaslight us on these moves while they try to say, no, I'm on your side. I want your kids back in school. When, in fact, they were the ones who implemented these policies. I mean, just think about the basic policy that we started out with. We know that the key comorbidity, you know, we have all these new scrabble words you and I because of the mm-hmm. pandemic, right? Nosocomial, uh, all these all these non-pharmaceutical interventions. We know that the comorbidities, that is the ailments that really predicted whether you'd have a bad outcome with COVID or not. One of the key ones was obesity and lack of vitamin D. And so whose idea was it to stick us inside, out of the sun, eating takeout, putting on our COVID 19 right and and then coming out to face this was ridiculous uh and i think you know we welcome them to team reality if they want to admit like many of them do now that the masks we were wearing for two years were basically facial decorations uh that's great but they should never ever have an influence on public policy again these
0: folks Amen. Especially the one that was being the highest federally paid employee, which was Dr. Fauci as well. We're talking with Justin Hart gone viral, how COVID drove the world insane, which you can find coming out next week. Pre-order it on Amazon and other places as well. You can also find us social media at Justin underscore Hart. Let's talk about the vaccines for a minute. I've had Dr. Malone on this program talking about the MRNA Uh vaccines. We've talked, I have not gotten my vaccine. I do not plan to get my vaccine. And every time I mention this, I get medical misinformation slapped on my videos on YouTube. So it's expected. It's cool. Whatever. But, uh, Uh, this is kind of the new norm now. We're going into a flu season. And like you said, after isolating us, telling us that we were going to die if we went outside, you couldn't be around other people. You had to wear a mask to isolate yourself away from everything. You had to get jacked up on this vaccine in order to survive it. Now they're trying to tell us that the flu season this year is more extreme than ever before. I don't think it's because the virus is stronger. I think it's because our immune system hasn't been around a couple of years and forgot how to fight it off. So now they're pushing a stronger flu shot as well. Do you think these two things go hand in hand here?
2: No, absolutely. And and more drastically is going to be for our kids. There's this uh, disease, RSV, which is a uh, rotavirus, which really can impact children. Uh, and because our kids weren't out there getting dirty with other kids and were kept apart, you know, those natural sort of immunities that you acquire by just living life uh, and not pretending that your neighbor is a vector of disease, uh, those were lost. And so now they're going to you know, have to face that sort of uh, realm there as well. I mean, just to give you an idea, the average age of death of, of the, the pandemic was about 80 years old compared to the Spanish flu, which was 29 years old. I, I think you and I would, and you probably having a different conversation if thousands and tens of thousands of millennials and younger were dying every day. But that's not the case. Uh, And in fact, the years of life lost during this pandemic, you would consider this basically a moderate pandemic. It was only large because of our reaction, which was so enormously overblown, especially for the people that were the lowest at risk. Uh, And now they're playing catch up. So I think, uh, you know, we owe it to our children to go through this process and say, let's make sure this never happens again. There are still so many state laws uh, which need to be fixed Uh, here in California. Uh, if your loved one is dying in the hospital, you have to, you know, pull some teeth to try to get in to see them in some ways. It's just, it's a really unfortunate thing uh, that we became such a agoraphobic society. And uh, it was a very local pandemic, too. My, my experience here in San Diego is different than it is 15 miles to the east in Poway.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's very sad. Uh, Justin, we got just about 45 seconds here before we have to let you go and wrap it up with a hard break here. But moving forward, which is why everybody needs to read this book, moving forward, are we on the right track or do they still have us in the grasp because of policies that are still remaining across the nation right now?
2: Look, this was the opening sortie of a larger movement. The World Economic Forum is saying the quiet parts out loud. They used this as a test. They wanted to test and see how would the population react. Well, we, 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 bow, we kowtowed, we folded like a card table and they're very proud of that because now they know they can use those same tactics for some imagined boogeyman down the road, maybe climate change.
0: It is scary because you're right. They tested it and it worked out just in their favor. Justin, I got to talk to you more at a length, a longer stint here next time. We got to get you back on the program That's and get great. tuned. It has gone viral. The book, go and check it out. It comes out next week. Justin, let's get you back on again real soon, my friend
2: great to chat with you.
0: Thanks, Andy. Hey, appreciate it very much. There it is. That's Justin Hart. You can find him on social media, Justin underscore Hart, H-A-R-T. You can also find his book on Amazon. Get it pre-ordered. You're going to want to read this book. We'll talk some more about that when we come back here because after that social experiment and test they did, what are we seeing now in today's age? We'll talk about that when we come back here on The Voice of Reason.
2: The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
0: Freedom, common sense, rationale. That's what it's all about. Welcome back into the program. Wrapping up the show today. Thanks again to Justin Hart. Great guest. we got to get him back on the show again soon. We had such little time. We're just tipping the iceberg there. As we chat about the post-COVID world, i got a question for you, and this ties kind of everything that we've talked about today and then some as well. What does the January 6th committee, COVID-19, and Alex Jones have all in common. Think about it for a second. Can I, that? I don't have my uh, Jeopardy song, so we'll have to use this one. So, what does COVID, Alex Jones, and Donald Trump, and the January 6th committee all have in common? This is something that I think we need to be very concerned about, and this is kind of the seriousness of the day. After we play our favorite of the day, with
2: I am told this is a garbage disposal. <laughs>
0: Again, she's my low-hanging fruit. She's fun to pick on. What can I say? So, the problem that we have right now is we are in a massive war against cancel culture. The wokeness, the cancel culture, the censoring of ideas. And I think this is something that we need to take to very serious heart right now. As you know, I'm sure you've seen the headlines of Alex Jones having to pay a billion dollars into the victims or to the the pa- the victim or the parents of the victims of those that were involved with the Sandy Hook shooting. Right? Everybody saw it. All up in arms about it. The media is absolutely giddy. Alex Jones is going to be shut down. In fact, the attorney from the other side that went after Alex Jones openly said that this was the agenda for them, that it wasn't about trying to get the truth out there, wasn't trying to get repercussions for those that were affected by what he said, which they couldn't have been affected more than what already happened at the shooting, why they care about what Alex Jones said, and oh, by the way, corrected very shortly afterwards as well why... Thereafter, him really shows their true agenda, which is not about justice, which is not about truth, but it's about silencing in opposition. Now, I want to say this very clearly. I don't care what your thoughts are about Alex Jones or the Alex Jones show. Someone may not even know who Alex Jones is, which is just fine. If you do know who it is, either you like him or you hate him. And they label him as a conspiracy theorist. While I will say that everything that he's talked about over the last 15 to 20 years, 80% of it has come true and it's no longer a conspiracy. Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein, there's a lot of those where you're just like, "Wow, he was right about those things." Now, I will say that as a talk show host myself that everybody has their own different styles, and while I may agree with Alex Jones on his political views about 80 to 90% of the time, his deliverance of the issues is a little bit far more on the hyperbolic level than what I do at this show. I try to keep it entertaining obviously, because you don't want to listen to somebody ramble on for an hour or two hours or three hours or four hours at a time and not have entertaining talk or maybe a little chuckle here and there. So you got to do it in an entertaining way or a storytelling way or however you choose to present the evidence and the stories to yourself or to the to the listener so you can hear them and not get bored and tune out. And I try to do that on this show. I work very hard at trying to create entertaining content for you while at least giving you some information to walk away with and ponder and, and chew on for a while as well. Alex Jones does the same thing, although he takes it to a little bit more of a hyperbolic level. You know, the frogs are turning gay. You know, it's it's entertaining. It's great. I agree with the stance that he's making, but sometimes you have to work through the weeds a little bit to understand the point that he's really trying to make without actually going down the hyperbolic road. But regardless of whether you like Alex Jones or not, he's allowed to have an opinion. He's allowed to have a voice. He's allowed to have a microphone to talk about his opinions and his views. What this court case did and what this January 6th committee is doing with Trump and what the government has done with the disinformation governance board and what they've done with the COVID pandemic is all about their battle and they're on the brink of total domination on what content is allowed and not allowed to be like. And if they go through with this, If they win the battle on the COVID conversation, then anybody that questions a vaccine or anybody that says they don't want to get the vaccine or anybody that questions the use of a cloth mask during a viral pandemic is going to be labeled misinformation and will be completely shut down, which is what they've done with Dr. uh, Dr. Robert Malone and what they've done with so many others. If Alex Jones is not allowed to question the narrative or anybody else for that matter, allowed to question the narrative, then if they get away with this, and this lawsuit really does happen the way that they say it's going to without being challenged, then anytime someone questions the government or the authority of somebody, the establishment, in any way, that content will no longer be allowed through the Disinformation Governance Board because anybody that feels offended by it or victimized by it will be able to sue and shut them down, threatening any type of independent media source out there. Threatening me, who has a media company trying to go on a national level. Threatening Mark Walters, who owns Armed American Radio. Threatening any talk show host that owns their own media company with a national platform on radio or TV. That content will be shut down because it will not be allowed any longer. There will be one agenda, and this is the battle that we're up against right now. They're going at it against him, against media in general, and against Donald Trump, which means you're only going to be allowed to hear one set of content pretty soon. And I think that's a dangerous thought. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow.